Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Wrestle Store, or check out our website, www.gpwrestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brainbuster Radio. Hello, hello, my darlings, and welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court, the G1 Climax with WWE Superstars, right here on Brain Buster Radio. So in order to celebrate the G1 Climax week on Brain Buster Radio, in addition to, of course, the W1 Climax Twitter poll tournament, holy crap, that's awesome, that's been out now, so you need to make sure that you participate at Brainbuster Radio on Twitter. Get involved, y'all. But anyway, in order to celebrate G1 Climax Week on Brainbuster Radio, I had to ask my pal Paul from Badlands Podcasts every single Thursday on Brainbuster Radio and, of course, Five Nerds Go to join me in creating the G1 Climax with WWE superstars. So cool, right? So what we did is we took the format of the G1, I picked one block, and Paul picked the other block, okay? So he's going to be block A, his group of 10, and I will have block B with my group of 10. So first, what you're going to hear is our draft. We actually uh, pulled names, (laughs) so to speak, created our dream 10 list and some backups just in case the other stole them. First, so it's so ah, oh my god, you're gonna love listening to the draft. We had a real lot of fun, and we actually didn't end up killing each other, which is surprising. Though I did get mad at Paul a little bit, but you'll hear. At any rate, the first segment of Holding Court with Queen is going to be the draft for our G1 with WWE Superstars Extravaganza. We'll take a quick commercial break after that. And then we'll dive into the actual G1 itself, where Paul and I are going to chit-chat about, okay, how would this G1 work out with our blocks? Who's going to come out on top? And eventually, right, reveal who Paul picked to win his A block and who I picked to win my B block and how those two would fare versus one another. And, you know, a little bit of surprises that we will reveal later. I don't want to give 
too much away just yet. So strap in, babies. It's time for the first segment of Holding Court with Queen. Hey, everybody. This is Tanner. And this is Steven. From Headlock Talk. And you're listening to Queen's Court on Brain Buster Radio. All right, everybody. Welcome back from our quick commercial break. It's time to do the draft for our G1 slash insert WWE superstars extravaganza. (laughs) I think it's going to be fun. So, of course, as I mentioned, I have my pal Paul Tully here from Badlands Podcasts and all sorts of other things. Five nerds go. Paul, how are you? I'm feeling good, thank you. I'm feeling nervous. Um, <laughs> I've constructed myself a little pedestal to stand behind to, uh, to make my draft picks. So yep. I, I'm taking I'm taking this serious, so I hope you're prepared. Oh, yes. I, 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 too, am prepared. I'm also a little nervous, full disclosure, because as Paul and I were talking briefly before we started recording, we both kind of have a vision for how we want this to go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if we start stealing everybody else's uh, choices here, we're going to be in trouble. So... Fingers crossed. So basically what we're going to do, as I explained at the beginning of the episode, is create two different blocks. Paul's going to get block A. I'm going to have block B. And we're going to insert our choices from the WWE roster. We could pick from whatever we want in order to make this (laughs) 10-man team, I guess you could say. Even though they are definitely not a team and definitely going to be fighting one another. But this 10-man block. So... Because Paul is my guest, I'm going to regret it, but because he's my guest, he gets to go first and have the first draft pick. If Mags were here, he'd be yelling at me not to do it. <laughs> be vetoing you right now. He would be vetoing my decision, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm cool with having second choice. So, Paul, you get first draft pick. Who are you choosing? See, the, the stressful thing about this was it wasn't just picking your people, then picking your backups. You've also got to pick your order that you want to select them in it's hard Uh, isn't it yeah i've already started thinking about my block and how it's going to shape up and there's one man who's going to be integral to it okay it's the king of kings triple h my whole my whole story is broken if i don't have triple h so i've got to i've got i've got to take him straight straight away wow taking him straight off the bat okay strong first choice I love that. Thankfully, we're good right now. So for my first draft pick, I'm going with Kofi Kingston, the current WWE champion. Wow. So I'm throwing him in there. Yes, I am. Much like our, our pal Okada is in the G1. I'm putting Kofi in the G1. So he's my first draft pick good choice thank you now if you know anything about me you know i cannot pick a g1 block without having my man the big dog roman reigns is my second (laughs) pick i knew it i knew you were gonna (laughs) pick him (laughs) i knew you were gonna pick him but that's cool i i kind of figured that coming in so i built my block a little bit differently to compete with that so I'm very glad for you that you got your pal, Roman Reigns, the big dog. Very much. So for my second choice, thinking about the G1 and who I think is going to make some interesting moves, I had to go 
with the phenomenal AJ Styles. So AJ Styles is my second draft pick. Have to have him in there. Fantastic pick. I, I, I assume he's done G1s in the past, isn't he? Yeah. Obviously. So I'm bringing him. I'm bringing him back for this one, but uh, he hasn't done one in a while. But I think it's going to be a good showing for him. You need a a strong veteran, and that was what my thought of like, ooh, this would be a good spot for him to be. So. Great pick. Thank you. Okay. My next <laughs> one. I've gone for Samoa Joe. Oh no! I should have gone with him earlier. Dang it! I, I felt he, he, he was lower down my priority order, but I felt you might be building your way up to a Samoa Joe. So uh, I've, sw- I've swept in there. Boy, Paul, that makes me really mad. <laughs> okay. We can fall out, are we? We're, we're never going to get to actually discussing the G1 itself. We're never going to get to it. The recording that we're going to get to a little bit later when we do this is just going to be us fighting. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Oh, God, that makes me really mad. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I have I have plans. I can I can make this work. So my next choice is going to be Cesaro. I need a strong uppercutting machine who's going to go for the jugular. So he's going to be my number three pick. Brilliant choice. He'd be amazing in the real G1, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he, though? Yeah. He'd make a great showing, I think. I, I, I think of- of anyone sure. in WWE, he'd be he'd be suited to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, my next one. Yep. I'm going with Big E. Ooh, you're gonna give you some big hoss in there. Okay. Yeah, that's the idea. I like that. Big E's a good choice. Solid. He could be really funny, too, in some of these matchups. I see what you're doing here. Okay. My fourth choice is going to be Johnny Gargano. I'm going to pull him in right away. He's a good workhorse. He's an excellent man in the ring, obviously. And uh, I think he'd really shine in a tournament like this. So going to have to pull him in. Good one. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) You like that? Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, you haven't upset me with any of yours yet. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Okay, well, there's more to come. <laughs> more to come. <laughs> I'm gonna go for who I think's the only person in WWE who's ever won a G1, Shinsuke Nakamura. Ooh, great choice, indeed. Pulling him back. So you're getting a little veteran G1 status in there. I love that. Good choice. I am going to pick for my fifth entry on my block. I'm going to choose Pete Dunne. Oh, now you've upset me. Yep. There it is. I knew I was going to get it um, with this one. Pete Dunne is just, when I was thinking about it, he was one of the first names I wrote down, but I didn't put him at the top of the order for a few reasons because I was scared about a few of mine, obviously, as I lost to Mojo. So... Yeah, but that guy in the G1, I think, would be awesome. So, Pete Dunne, fifth choice. Definitely. I agree with you on that. He's <laughs> going to be one of my later picks. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> check my substitutes for Pete Dunne. Okay. <laughs> Got a few substitutes in mind. That's okay. Next, I'm going to go for Randall Keith Orton. <laughs> Randall Keith. 
I love it. Randy, excellent choice. Great for a tournament like that. He's Definitely. gonna gonna do his his thing in the that your block there, that's for sure. Wow, big names on yours. Okay. I like that choice. So for my sixth choice, I'm going with Andrade Cienomes. Like it, like it. Yep. <clears throat> it's a time for him, someone like him to really, really shine and uh, put on a great um, set of matches. So he's definitely on my list. Yep, great pick. Thank I'm you. going. I'm going back to Japan. And I'm going to pick a guy who never got the chance to fight in the G1. And that is Kushida. Kushida. Nice choice. Isn't that funny how he's actually available to be put in our little, yeah. <laughs> our little G1 block? That's what I was thinking. He's never he's, he's never had one in New Japan. So you can go into the first ever WWE one, which obviously is going to happen once they've heard this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I love that very much. Great choice. Love Kushida. So, I need a high flyer, and I need a really good high flyer, so I'm going with Ricochet. Excellent. He's a fun one. There was a couple of people I could have chosen, but with his rising star right now, and he's winning the championship, he's on an upward trajectory, it's also a good time for him to make an excellent showing in a tournament such as this. So, yep, Ricochet. Another champion in the group as well. Open, mm-hmm. Opens up those title match uh, That's right. I like it. I'm, I'm trying to think like Gato a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I don't have anywhere near that uh, awesomeness, but I'll try just a smidge. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Gato's got just uh, like one of those um, private investigators rooms with photographs and string from this person to that yes. person. Yes. Yeah, It's got to be like I, that. I could never think like Gato. <laughs> Me neither. Right. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> now I've got to my I've got to my Pete Dunn replacement now and I'm 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 torn between two. Okay. Oh let me think here. I will go I'll go Alistair Black. Oh man. Dang it. I should have went with him earlier. I knew it and I didn't do it. Do do you re- do you really want Alistair Black? Why are I, you gonna train me? <laughs> I'm fit to be kind here. No, no, not even a trade. I'll go with my second choice. If you've got plans for Alistair Black, he's. I've got no plans for him. I was just gonna hoard him in true NXT style. In true NXT style. <laughs> um. Uh, I kind of do, but I'm. I, I. We only have three left, and now I'm like, I'm. I'm second guessing myself, Paul. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm nervous. You threw me because you took two of mine, and now I'm like, where am I putting in my replacements? I'll take I'll take Alistair Black from you. Okay, you can have Alistair Black. I'll take my second choice, which which was going to be the gentleman Jack Gallagher. Oh, oh, interesting choice. I wanted I wanted a bit of English in there. Yeah, you you gotta get a little bit. You took my uh, number one English guy, so uh, (laughs) I'll go for Jack Gallagher. He's a brilliant wrestler. Um, yeah. He can do kind of the MMA style with uh, with Kushida and Nakamura. So I think they'll be a nice complement with each other. I think so, too. All right. So I'll take Alistair Black as my eighth. So before we get to the last two, let's do a little recap. Okay. 
So you have right now Triple H, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy, Kushida, and Jack Gallagher. Yeah, I'm very happy with that, by the way. Great choices. I'm jealous, actually. I'm mad at myself, but that's okay. I have Kofi, AJ Styles, Cesaro, Gargano, Pete Dunne, Andrade, Ricochet, and Alistair Black. Okay. It's a good choice, too. All right. I feel a little bit better, but I'm still mad at myself, but that's all right. (laughs) All right. Final two choices. Make them count. Who's your ninth pick? Okay. I'm getting into my group fodder now. You need a bit of group fodder who's going to take some losses. Mm-hmm. So, again, thinking about the, uh, the the kind of catch wrestling style with Kushida and Gallagher and and uh, Nakamura, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw Ziggler in there, Dolph Ziggler. Nice choice. Yep, you need someone who's gonna gonna do all that stuff. Great choice there. Okay, so for my ninth pick, similarly to what you were thinking, I'm going to be choosing Apollo Cruz. Yep, good option. Yep. Can still take some losses, but also do very well at the same time. So he's going to be my number nine. Okay. All right, Paul. Here we go. My final big pick. Big moment. It's the biggie. Final pick. The biggie. <laughs> Not biggie, but the biggie. <laughs> what is he? Could I have two biggies in my uh, group? Is that allowed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no one's done that I'm before. I'm sure he'd be upset about it. <laughs> he'd only want one. Okay, right. Even, right, even though this guy's my 10th pick, and mm-hmm. I've already admitted that he's going to be my group fodder, this guy's one of my favorite wrestlers in WWE, okay. and that is Heath Slater. No! Wow! Yeah. Good choice! I've, I've already got in mind the, the scenario in which he gets in as well. He, he Basically, he, he enters a lottery. He thinks it's the, like, he thinks it's like the national lottery. And someone comes in and tells him, hey, Heath, you've won the lottery. You won the lottery. Obviously, Heath's delighted. He can feed his kids at last. And uh, he, then he finds out someone tells him that it's actually the lottery to be in the G1. <laughs> oh, my and God. He's not happy about that at all because you've seen my group. Look at the big guys in there. I know. He's going to get in trouble. I plan, I've even planned my comedy skit for Heath Slater. Oh, my God. Look at you. Diving in here. Hardcore. <laughs> Paul. Wow. I love it. I've been debating about my last pick. I could go either way. But I feel like the momentum and the craziness that could happen if this person shows up as my number 10, I, I kind of have to do it. And I'm going to pick Bray Wyatt. Wow. Yep. As my last entry, you know, bigger size crazy stuff going on i can imagine the psychology that he would employ during a tournament this long i have to do it it'll be all about the mind games that's that's an absolute be. game changer right little game changer yeah. for black b i like that i like that <laughs> yep i got a couple of guys who could take the fall to other people but um i could have added one more which i didn't because i think bray i, I couldn't pass him up since you didn't take him so that's it. Didn't it didn't cross my mind, Bray. I'm, I'm really disappointed in myself. Uh-oh. Really disappointed in myself. Firefly Funhouse didn't uh, <laughs> jive any uh, memories for you to put them uh, down. I, lo- I love Firefly. Fire. I can't. I can't say it, but I do love it. <laughs> I love it. 
So, how are you feeling about your block? All ten of your guys, how are you feeling? I'm I'm confident. I got bar one. I got everyone I wanted. So I've yeah. got my I've got my storylines in mind. I've got I've got my result in mind. Perfect. So I'm just looking forward to kind of tweaking it now and getting it nailed. I know. And I'm really excited to see who my winner is going to face in the final. I know. I'm I'm feeling the same way because I already know who I want to win also. And what's cool about this one is that the winner of our block that we we will digest and figure out um, once we do that part. And once they face each other, they could pick any of the titles to go after, right? They got the Universal or the WWE. So it could be very interesting depending on how our blocks shake out here. But... I'm super excited. This is going Same. to be so much fun. <laughs> I can't believe who's missed out as well. We've you, Seth Rollins has missed out. Daniel yep. Bryan's missed out. Yep. Brock Lesnar. I mean, mm-hmm. he wouldn't turn up for 20 days in a row, would he? So certainly he's not. An he's not consistently on Raw. I don't think he would turn up for that many matches. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's too much commitment. Um, I left Daniel Bryan off on purpose because of the grueling schedule. And all of his injuries, he makes me nervous. So that's why I didn't pick him. Not that he couldn't do it. He could. But that's a lot. That's a lot of wrestling. <laughs> that's very good roster management. You, yeah. You, um, I like Thank it. You. Yeah. And Seth, some one of the champions needed to not be in it. That's what I was thinking. So I was like, well, which one do I want? And I, I really want Kofi because of his, I don't know, well, besides his talent, but his performance in past tournaments and gauntlet matches and Royal Rumbles and all of those things. He was the one that was like, Ooh, of the two, I think this is the one I would like, but yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was my backup for Roman Reigns. So if, if you did, if you did take him Roman, I would, I would have gone for Rollins, but. I know. Well, you know how I feel about Roman. I like the guy, but I don't like him as much as you like the guy. So it's impossible to out. like him as much as I like him. <laughs> I love it. I Love it. By the way, fun fact, before we take our commercial break, before we get to the actual booking of the G1, uh, Paul and I are both wearing New Japan shirts today, (laughs) which is really funny that we're booking the G1 with WWE superstars and we're both wearing (laughs) New Japan shirts. (laughs) We we can't fully let go of, of of the Japanese talent. We just can't. Oh, my gosh. Well, right here, we're going to pause and we're going to come back to you. And we're going to book this G1 and our results from Block A and Block B. Hey there, it's Josh here from Wrestling Reverb. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio, which is also the home of Wrestling Reverb, which you can catch every Friday. All right, everybody, we're back. We're here. You've just listened to our amazing draft that we had. And now it's time to run through our blocks. Paul, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> Are you ready? I think so. I think I'm ready. I'm really excited to talk about our blocks. So if you wouldn't mind, would you please uh, remind everyone of your 10 block A choices? Okay. We have Triple H, Samoa Joe. We've got Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton, Kushida, Roman Reigns, Heath Slater, Dolph Ziggler, Big E, and the gentleman Jack Gallagher. Awesome block A. Oh, I really like it. The more I was staring at it while going through this whole thing, the more I really loved your block picks. 
Thank you very um, much. I think we're going to have to do this again for some other type of tournament. So I need Definitely. to pick better people. Not that I don't like my people, but I'm... I, well, your group's great. Well, thank you. I like my group too. But, you know, when you look back at things and you're like, ah, shoot, I meant to do this and I didn't do it. Yeah, there's plenty of missed opportunities. I'm think I'm feeling exactly the same. Yeah, bothers me. But that's okay, because Black B is... Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, Cesaro, Cargano, Pete Dunn, Andrade Cien Almas, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Apollo Crews, and Bray Wyatt. Ah, you're hustling. That's amazing. It's a good block. <laughs> but yours is a good block, too. And I'm really pumped to hear how you think your block would shake out and your thoughts and opinions on how each, you know, of your nights kind of leading towards the final would go. So what, what do you have? Okay. Well, I've uh, basically with the, with the G1, it's not all about the winner, is it? It's a, it's yeah. about, it's about kind of the destination for mul- multiple people. Um, for those who don't wa- who don't watch the G1 in New Japan, obviously pinning champ, pinning people, pinning champions is very important to get some title shots and people just pinning each other. New feuds can grow out of that. So I've tried to think about not just my winner, but making a few new stars or a few new angles out of my group as well. Um, and my group's kind of built around two distinct groups of wrestling types so you've got you've got um you've got the technical guys which uh which, which are Kushida and Dolph Ziggler Jack Gallagher and to some extent Shinsuke Nakamura so I'm hoping for some crazy technical um proper wrestling battles between them and then I've gone for some big guys just to beat the shit out of each other <laughs> like yeah. only they can so you've got your Roman Reigns Randy Orton Biggie, Samoa Joe, Triple H. You're gonna have, you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna have messy, brutal matches. <laughs> so I'm trying to mix it up a lot. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'll take you from the bottom of my group up. So I'm gonna tell you kind of how people did from the bottom. And unfortunately, propping up the bottom is Heath Slater. <laughs> I love Heath Slater. I really love Heath Slater. I actually took a bet once. Um, I used to be. I used to be on a, uh, a wrestling forum or sports forum, which had a wrestling section. I took a bet that um, Heath Slater would win a singles title before um, Dean Ambrose would, which uh, <laughs> shows shows you all, all I know about wrestling. That didn't age very well, did it, Paul? <laughs> he still hasn't won one. This Poor was, guy. This was eight years ago. I know. So that was a, that was a bad bet. But um, right. he belongs in my group. And and. Here's the reason why he belongs to my group. I think a really important part of the New Japan G1 is is uh, Toru Yano. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long tournament, and it's quite. It could be quite easy for for kind of tournament fatigue to set in. So where you've got Toru Yano in New Japan to lighten the mood, bring mm-hmm. in some crazy funny matches with hijinks. Heath Slater's my guy for that. I was thinking Hard Truth. But he's got his own thing going on with a 24-7 title. Now we're just muddy the waters. Um, <laughs> Heath Slater's a funny guy. Heath Slater can... Uh, and Heath, Slater's, Heath Slater's capable of a very good match as well. So he mm-hmm. kind of ticks both boxes. But alas, he's got two points from my tournament. He's there to, like I said, provide the comedy, but also take a lot of pinfalls. Yeah. Um, so he takes eight defeats, but he does beat Samoa Joe. 
What? Yes, with you know, with like a cheeky roll up or or something. Of course. Something silly, misunderstanding. I don't know, but he's going to beat Samojo, and that's going to kind of give him a bit of an angle where where hopefully one day when Samojo wins a title or wins his US title back, Heath Slater can get himself a little title match, and who knows, maybe he'll win again. I see what you did there. And I I I could at least I won't I won't have won my bet, but I could at least say somewhere down the line Heath Slater did win a singles championship. There you go. <laughs> okay. So, so going up to um, ninth place in my group was Kushida. Mm. Um, he took four points. I didn't really give Kushida a lot to work with in my block. Um, I put him there for the sentimental value, I think. Yeah. He never got to do a G1 in New Japan. You've got Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi this year going into the Japanese G1. Um, obviously, they're junior heavyweights, allegedly. Sure. Uh, so so Kushida probably is feeling a bit down that he never got that opportunity himself mm. like I said he's he's bringing he's bringing the mat wrestling skills he's bringing the MMA credentials for he's going to have some stellar matchups with uh, like I said the likes of Dolph Ziggler and Jack Gallagher but he's not going to have a good tournament unfortunately sorry right. sorry Kushida poor Kushida okay. I know <laughs> that's <laughs> right next year that's the beauty about the G1 <laughs> yeah yeah I, Four points is enough for him to come back next year. Sure, yeah, we'll, we'll do a, a different one next year, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should, we should make this an annual event. I think we should. <laughs> yeah. Next up, six points would be Dolph Ziggler. Um, so Dolph Ziggler's gonna have your kind of your mixed tournament. He's the WWE stalwart. He's a uh, he's he's there to take the majority of losses again. But like like I said, like I said again, it's the technical wrestling. It's the the different kind of style he's a, a college wrestling champion he knows his way around a mat so yeah go for Ziggler he scores wins over uh, Nakamura early doors and he also beats Samoa Joe so Samoa Joe Samoa Joe um his tournament he he kind of gets big wins but yeah. he he takes his eye off the ball against the the lesser guys if you like Losing sure. to Ziegler and Slater, so that, that's where Samoa Joe's tournament goes wrong. Which is much like he his experience in the WWE. So. Exactly, I think it's yeah, consistent with Samoa wrong. Joe. Yeah, <laughs> it's typical Samoa Joe. I love it. <laughs> right next, my 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 um, national bias has come in because uh, gentleman Jack Gallagher's got eight points. Oh gosh, here we go. I wanted the UK talent in there because of course, of course, you've got to have in here. And I did want Pete Dunne for this. I spot. know. But you beat, me to, Sorry. you beat me to him. And I was scrabbling along. I thought Jack Gallagher could do the job. Sure um, yeah, so he gets uh, he gets like your customary wins over Slater and Ziggler. I, I think him versus Kushida would be an absolute masterclass. That's probably going to be one of your matches at the tournament right there. Sure. And then, and then uh, maybe this is more mad than Slater beating uh, Samoa Joe. I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to have gentleman Jack Gallagher beat Triple H. Holy jeez. <laughs> Triple H? Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure how. <laughs> I'm, not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how, but he does. Okay. All and right. This is quite it's quite early on in the tournament. So Triple H, you know, he's he's he has his statesman statesman like head on, is is um promoting new talent head on. And he accepts it and he congratulates Gallagher and he takes it all in, in good humour. But uh we will find out later on that that's just the start of Triple H um cracking <laughs> bringing he, back the game so to speak <laughs> yeah he doesn't stay good humored for long oh dear okay 
So that brings me on to the game himself. Mm. He has a bit of a bad tournament for Triple H. So he's, uh, what does that make him? Sixth, sixth place Oof. on nine points. So he's a bad tournament. Like I said, he loses to Gallagher quite quite earlier on, but he doesn't mind. Um, but that But that kind of sets him on a rut where he also loses to his good friend Randy Orton. So again, he doesn't mind that too much, you know. Him and Orton go back a long way, sure. evolution, etc. So, again, he's good humoured. He doesn't mind. Then he takes losses to Samoa Joe, and he takes a loss to Roman Reigns, um, which puts him out of the tournament. And now he's not happy. He's not a happy game. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of all of that good will and good feeling he had earlier in the tournament evaporated. He doesn't care about making new stars anymore. He is he's the game. He's a cerebral assassin now. Uh-oh. And Triple H decides, yeah, he's he's out. And Triple H decides, as Triple H always does, that if he's not going to be the king, he's going to decide who's the king. He's going to take matters into his own hands, and he's going to use the last two matches of the tournament to decide who's going to win. We're getting up into the top five now. At this point's worth noting Shinsuke Nakamura had a really good tournament, really good group. He lost his first two matches, but then he played on kind of he knows how the G1 works and he knows he can take a couple of losses. And then he goes on an almighty kind of winning streak Mm -hmm. right to the end um, to the penultimate night um, where, like I said, Triple H has been eliminated. But then you've got Triple H versus Nakamura on the penultimate night and Triple H kind of being the bastard he is. He uses some underhand tactics and takes Nakamura out because he doesn't deem Nakamura worthy of being first ever WWE G1 winner well then so that's already turned the crowd against Triple H they don't like that he screwed Nakamura out of it um, again it's worth noting that because it's a WWE G1 I've gone for a bit of WWE booking it's not quite as that. it's not quite as pure wrestling as the New Japan one would be okay so that takes us to that takes us to the business end we've got we've got four people still in it Still, still in the tournament. Oh, we got three people still in the tournament, rather. So we've got Roman Reigns, we've got Randy Orton, and we got Big E. Mm. Big E was the dark horse of the of the tournament. He's kind of the the crowd have got behind him, much like they did with Kofi Kingston in the Elimination Chamber. The crowd, hope, well, I'm hoping the crowd are fully behind Big E now. Yeah. Um, he, he's uh, yeah, he's had some really good wins, and good performances throughout, particularly in the, the big heavyweight clashes um so we're going into the final night um and we've got roman reigns and we've got randy orton and we've got biggie all on 12 points they're level pegging the way it's the way it's looking is reigns has beaten orton and biggie so he's got he's got advantage Mm -hmm. um orton's lost to both reigns and biggie so he's he's he he's got the most to do and like I said, Biggie's Biggie has beaten Orton. And the final matches of the of the group are Biggie versus Triple H. It's your semi main event, and then the main event is Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton. Mm. Okay. So you can see what's gonna happen here. Mm-hmm. Triple H is not happy. And he does not see Biggie as suitable as winning a G1 group that he did so poorly in. And he makes it his mission to screw Big E out of his chances of winning it. Uh, how he does that, he just coaxes Big E basically into fighting on the outside. 
the refs counting down to tw- I don't know if we're doing the 10 count or 20 count but whatever count it is Triple H <laughs> doesn't care yeah because Triple H is just engaging with Big E's infuriated him Big E's lost track of the count as well and they both get counted out the fans obviously are incensed by this Triple H screwed Big E out Big E needed the win and he only got the draw so Big E is out it's all on Randy and Roman by now everyone's worked out what 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 horse Triple H has tied his cart to and it's Randy's so we get the main event and obviously we're having a bit of a slobber knocker between Randy and Roman Reigns Triple H steps out on the stage sledgehammer in hand oh dear Uh, but but he's cut off by the New Day and the New Day intercept Triple H so he can't get involved in the match so they're all fighting on the outside they continue the brawl from earlier where Big E and Triple H are fighting now it's Triple H versus the New Day Um, match goes on in the ring and uh, do you want my winner you want my winner nope. now? Well, let's hold it. Let's hold no? it. Okay. So we'll yeah. hold it there then. Pause okay. right there. Woo, Paul. This is awesome. What a really cool setup you have for your block. Dang. That was really great. <laughs> Not that I'm surprised because you're awesome, but that was really great build and storytelling throughout. And you put that little WWE little shine on it, so to speak. Uh, it's definitely WWE feel. Yes, yeah. feel, but not all the way, right? Still a tournament. It's a little yeah. different than what I normally do. Um, wow, loved that. Okay, so before we announce your winner, we have to talk about Block B because your winner is going to face my winner. And I'm very interested to see who you chose because either way, though, I think it's going to be, we're going to have some good storytelling. You should be checking out DYWTSB, a weekly podcast with myself, Pops, and Mort, coming out every single Friday. Okay. Okay. So, Block B. At my bottom is Apollo Crews. Now, he fills that sort of Heath Slater uh, role, as you were saying for me. He's got gotten some comedy recently on some of the shows and been doing that, you know, that little pose off with Bobby Lashley and, and kind of giving us that vibe that we kind of need that levity um, to that tournament. It's just not Apollo Cruz's year. It's not his time to shine just yet. So I have him at the bottom in 10th place. Okay. Unfortunately for my pal Andrade Cien Almas, this tournament proved to be too much for him. It was a little too crazy, and it was his first experience, and I think it overwhelmed him. So I have him at the ninth spot with four points. He takes some big losses to some of our bigger guys like Wyatt and Cesaro, and he just couldn't really gain any traction uh, to put him in a in a bigger spot. So wow. poor Andrade. Uh, poor Andrade even, Zelina, even Zelina couldn't help him out in this one. Uh, oh dear. It just was a little too much. So they have to go back and do some strategy for next year's tournament. Um, it's difficult to get right first time, isn't it? It is. It's hard to get right for the first time. Yeah. It is. It is not an easy thing. It's very grueling and intense. And, you know, it's very different. So for him, I think not so much. In eighth place, I have Mr. Gargano. Now, Gargano is going to put on some really cool matches. One of the coolest ones, which he loses, of course, but uh, is him versus Kofi Kingston. It gives us a taste of... I think of what's to come for Gargano uh, when he moves 
to main card status officially. Uh, it gives us that little shine of, ooh, I, I see this, I see this, which they gave us a taste of when they came up a little bit with um, uh, Champa, of course, but we all know how that ended, and he went back you know, to NXT, which is fine. Um, but for him, a solid showing, but nothing super great. Got, 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 oh, bit of a stutter. Gargano versus uh, Kingston is uh, is a match I never knew I wanted. Right? Do now. You do now. <laughs> that was some of the things that I was, uh, you know, seeing as I was booking this block. I'm like, damn, that would be awesome. Like this yeah. next person in spot number seven with eight points, Mr. Pete Dunn. Seeing Pete Dunn versus AJ Styles, seeing Pete Dunn versus Bray Wyatt, seeing Pete Dunn versus Kofi Kingston are all things that make you go, damn. Yeah. And Pete Dunn, even though he's all the way here, he beats Kofi. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a little rocket to Mr. Dunn here. He also does quite well against Ricochet, which we'll get to a little bit later. Above Pete Dunn, I have Mr. Alistair Black. Solid tournament for him. Gets to show off his striking and his amazingly creepy, awesome personality. This little unhingedness that's coming. He's looking for a fight and he got one. Him versus Cesaro was an awesome match. Uh, one that I was very happy to book in this tournament because it's something I really want to see in general. <laughs> and that would be amazing. Wouldn't it be amazing? Just the, both of the way that they strike in such different ways. Uh, Cesaro with his uppercuts and his amazing feats of strength and Alistair back with his quickness and that black mass. Ah, it's a match I wanted to see. Very kickboxer versus kickboxer. It is, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and even though they are, it, they're so different in ring too, which is, it was a really cool dynamic for me to kind of play with in this block. So really solid showing for him, but it is Ricochet that comes in fifth place with 10 points and he starts to kind of get these feuds going on with Alistair and with Pete Dunn in the U S title contention. So we're kind of building these storylines. Um, Ricochet uh, has a really tough time and he barely ekes it out over Dunn and black beats Ricochet. So it kind of gives us this interesting little setup for, future obviously i'm pulling pete dunn out of <laughs> nxt uk sorry but uh i really just want to see all these matches so <laughs> I gotta... you you're, you're creating a whole division with your block I, well you know what it is i really like mid-card titles and there's not enough attention on them and i want to see some really good people build that mid-card scene which i think aew has the potential to do and what i think new japan does so well with their other titles you can't even really call them mid-card because there's yeah. such star power in them you know yeah. so i kind of view it as like the never open weight title in a way it can kind of be on anybody it's on ricochet now but it was on samoa joe so yeah i yeah. like in, in new japan i i was talking to uh sorry going off topic just oh, slightly sorry. but but I was uh, talking on uh, on Conrad's roundtable yesterday, and about how Wrestle Kingdom is actually going to have two main events seemingly yes. next year because there's two nights, and the Intercontinental title you feel would main event a night, and in WWE previously the Intercontinental would be a main event title, but not anymore. So I love what you're doing. Oh, good. Well, I'm so glad. <laughs> I had to try and get this in here because of the next four that I have, which I'm leaving the last but the you know the real top four so to speak 
And I won't say the winner just yet, but I'm going to set you up here. So coming in at 12 points and tying for 12 points are AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston. So Kofi and Styles both have an excellent tournament, getting over most of the guys on the bottom. Uh, Styles only really, I think he had him losing to Pete Dunne once. And um, I forget who the other one was. I can't see my notes at the this exact second because I'm on a different page. But um, Styles, running rough shot. Same with Kofi Kingston. He's the champion, of course. But I wanted a little bit of a fighting spirit for Kofi. Kofi's going to lose to Cesaro. And another gentleman named Bray Wyatt. And the reason he's going to lose to them is to start giving Kofi a hunger to pull again what he has been pulling since Mania, which is undefeated kicking ass. And I wanted this tournament for him to be very confident, but to find that, oh, shoot, there are some real hot contenders for my title, right? Because that's the whole point of this, this G1 is to go for a title. Now, whether they choose Kofi's title is up to them, but... I wanted to have some sort of interplay in there and also to throw AJ Styles in that picture as well. So I wanted my top four guys to have that sort of interchangeableness to them. So those are in my fourth and third place. And then I have my last two men, Cesaro and Bray Wyatt. Wow. Now, to throw some WWE fun in here, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. But I didn't want to talk about it till now. Mercy the Buzzard, Abby the Witch, and Rambling Rabbit have been stalking Cesaro this entire tournament. Wow. Randomly popping up places, showing up in his gear, in his locker room, just kind of appearing, right? To have this sort of interesting feud as we come to our final night for our big main event, which of course was... Um, uh, Kofi versus uh, Ricochet and Wyatt versus Cesaro. So that was the penultimate thing, right? As we get to that main event, Wyatt versus Cesaro, Wyatt has been playing mind games. I also wanted to mention that throughout this tournament, Bray Wyatt, between his Mr. Rogers personality and The Fiend, The Fiend has only been seen once, and he's about to be seen again in this main event. Who did he come out against the first time? So he came out against Alistair Black as the Fiend. Just to tease the future of that match. Just to tease it. Just a little something-something. Because it's something we want, but we want a big storyline for that. So I'm not ready for it yet. Right? So he came out as Alistair Black as the Fiend. And he's coming out again as the Fiend for Cesaro. And that's where we're at for our final match. And I'm not going to say who wins. I love that because it, it, with with uh, Mercy and uh, and Rambling Rabbit and Abby stalking Cesaro, it's like um, it's like the Night King sort of thing. Like they know yeah. no Night King brand. Like he yeah. he knows what he knows that the final match is going to be Bray versus Cesaro. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to put in the- that exactly. I wanted to put that in because New Japan is so great at those Easter eggs, right? Yes, dropping hints for things that could they could pick up at any moment. But they don't have to. They can leave it. And that's what I wanted to put throughout this tournament is that Bray already knew what he wanted. And he set up the stocking just on one person the whole time. I love it. 
Well, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Kate Johansson of Wrestle Thoughts Podcast here, and you're listening to Queen's Court with the Queen of N.E. And you can find us, Wrestle Thoughts Podcast, with myself, Jamie and Callum, every Sunday on Brain Buster Radio. Okay, Paul. Are you ready? I am. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Give God, us those, were two, those two brilliant blocks. I, I want to see this happen. Do you think we could get booked? Do you think we could call Paul Heyman? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm emailing Eric Bischoff now. I know. Book us, people. If you're listening, book us. We're smart. <laughs> we just created this awesome tournament for you. <laughs> really solid blocks, Paul. This is awesome. I am so excited to hear how your main event is going to go and who you have chosen to be the winner of Black A. Unlike when I predicted my uh, my G1 winner in Japan, which shocked a lot of people when I picked Jay White. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm going to shock a lot of people here. Triple H has come down to assist Orton. The New Day have stopped that from happening. Roman Reigns beats Orton with the Superman punch, with the spear, and takes the win. Now, I'm aware this might be a little controversial with, with the fans. They might not... They might not a, they might not appreciate Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton to begin with. Okay. Um, they definitely not. They, they, they might not appreciate Roman Reigns winning. But I think there's a few key things that need to happen for the fans to accept this. Okay. So at the time Triple H screws Big E, we need to believe that Big E is the favourite to win this. Uh, and we believe that because we think Big E is going to beat beat Triple H and and Randy Orton's going to beat Roman Reigns and Big E beat Roman Reigns. So he will go through. So mm-hmm. we need to believe that. And then we need Triple H at his absolute heinous best. And and really nastily taking it to Big E. Maybe we need a little blood here. A little bit? Maybe a little bit. Then we need Roman Reigns to ultimately win the group regardless of the Big E result. Because you can't have Roman Reigns win it because Triple H screwed Big E. Right. So the match before, we need to believe Big E was going to win it and he was screwed, but ultimately he wasn't screwed. And also, we need the fracas between Triple H and the New Day not to have any impact on the match that's going on in the ring. So okay. Orton and Reigns don't even notice it happening. They just have a proper match. Um, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that way the fans will accept it because they don't want Triple H helping Orton win because they want to see they don't want to see Orton as a world champion again sure and uh they certainly don't want to see it with Triple H assisting him so I'm hoping all those will combine and they'll accept Roman Reigns as winner of block A and the other key outcome of this is what I was also building to which is Triple H versus Big E at Wrestlemania how we get there via the New Day versus Evolution Oh, at, at Royal Rumble. Paul, I'm clapping. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that booking. Uh, and I think you've you've given the people the cards, right? You've given them all the things. Here's how you can accept this and, and enjoy it, right? <laughs> and even though exactly. you may not like love it, you may be able to accept it and be like, okay, I could see that. Yeah. My outcome is to make Big E that big level star whilst also accepting that Roman Reigns is already that star and he deserves to be in the final. Wonderful. I love this. 
Okay. Winner of the G1 with WWE Superstars Extravaganza, Black A winner, Roman Reigns. I'm really glad that you chose him. Because when we discuss this match that I'm about to reveal, great things. Okay. Main event, Black B, Wyatt versus Cesaro. Lights go out. Cesaro does his entrance with his new theme music, all the black gear. He's ready to go. He's had a banging tournament. In he comes. And he's getting ready for Mr. Wyatt to appear. Fade to black. Screen comes on. And all of our friends from Firefly Funhouse are on the screen talking about how they've been stalking him this whole time. They kind of reveal the whole thing, like the purpose behind them stalking and how Bray knew that this was going to be it. And he's going to come out and he's going to paint his masterpiece here as the fiend. Right. So Bray comes out. The Firefly things goes away. I don't know what his new music is going to be at this time, unfortunately, so I can't really tell you. But I'm hoping it's something insanely creepy like Slipknot. Sing it for us. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could. I can't scream (laughs) quite like that. But uh, I want it to be really dark but kind of campy at the same time. Yeah. Because that kind of mixes in his whole Mr. Rogers thing. So I want it to be like this insane song. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's called The Funny Farm. And I don't it's know like it. a totally wacko song. And it's talking about going to an insane asylum. But the guy is like really positive about it. He like is giggling during the song and stuff. So it makes it like kind of really unhinged and creepy. Yeah. So I kind of want something like that. Very Bray Wyatt. Very Bray Wyatt, right? So he's gonna you're gonna see Bray, and he's gonna be totally looks like he's normal with his little sweater. And then you're going to have a light change and he's going to turn and he's going to be the fiend and he's going to come out right to Cesaro. Okay. So I really wanted a dramatic entrance because this is a dramatic moment. Yes. This is almost like, you know, it's Bray Wyatt's homecoming, uh, not homecoming, but uh homecoming party. I guess you could say he's back and yeah, he needs well, to make a statement. Yeah. You only get one opportunity to get this right. So you've got to go all out. That's right. So we're having him go all out and this is going to be a total slug fest. And, At first, people are thinking that Cesaro is going to win. He's trying to take the mask off his face. He's talking shit. You know, I don't care about your stupid witch, but, you know, all that stuff. And he's going really at him. And then Bray's going to flip the switch. And he's going to have his gloves on, hurt heel, right? And he's going to go hurt. And he's going to totally run well over Cesaro with his beautiful sister Abigail And he's just going to put one hand on Cesaro's chest for the pin. And that's it. And Bray Wyatt is going to win block B. Wow. (laughs) That that is a comeback. Yep. Big comeback. I I like it. I I love, I love creepy wrestling characters. Me too. I love Undertaker. I love the original Mankind. I love the original Kane. Um, Mm -hmm. Your Bray Wyatt there fits right into that mold doesn't he though and what's the best part about this paul and we didn't even plan it we have a baby face versus a heel perfect come on 
not planned people. I had no idea what was Paul had on his notes and he had no idea what was on mine. And look what we have for you. We have Roman Reigns versus basically a new Bray Wyatt. Holy crap. What a final. What a final. Yeah. And that's going to be a slobber knocker in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. That is not going to be, that's not going to be a a, a purist wrestling match. That is going to be hard hitting. All right, Paul. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about how we think this match would go. Kind of give our thoughts on maybe a little bit of a setup and how they would interact and in this match and who we may predict might win and what belt we think that person would challenge for. And we're going to let the Queen's courtiers decide on Twitter. I'm going to put out our winners of block A and block B, and I'm going to have them decide who wins in that match. They of course will have listened to the whole story. So they'll know the context and background and get to make their own decision. They will also get to decide which belt they, uh, they challenge for. So I'm gonna let you go first since I've just been talking a lot. (laughs) Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt in the finals to challenge for a WWE title, whether that's the actual one or the universal. What do you think about this match? I came into this. I was going to fight Roman's corner all the way. I think (laughs) he's the big dog. He's my favorite guy in WWE. I think (laughs) he deserves to win the first ever G1. I thought he deserved to win the first ever G1. Until you book Bray Wyatt the way you book Bray Wyatt. (laughs) And Roman Reigns can't possibly stop that momentum of Bray Wyatt in this moment. So, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I said, I think it's going to be a slobber knocker. And I think, I think it's gonna it's gonna lean heavily towards Roman. You know, Roman's gonna Roman's a strong baby face, and he's he's gonna beat this evil, and he's gonna go go to go to. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's at WrestleMania, is it? But wherever they go in for the title shot, he's <laughs> he's not gonna let Bray Wyatt go there. But I think it's the sort of match where Roman he hits the Superman punch and he hits the spear, and everyone thinks it's over and it's not Bray Wyatt gets the you know gets the hurt glove up and starts laughing and then you Roman's the best at kind of that look on his face when oh no what what can I do I've thrown everything like he's done with Brock Lesnar in the past that's right I've got nothing left in the tank what can I do and then Bray comes back your booking was spot on I think I'd have to go for Bray (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's to toot my own horn a little bit, but I think I have to agree with you. Um, however, I would say that this would be a really great feud because of a couple of things, right? This couldn't, this wouldn't have to be just a one-off for them. I think they could build the storyline post this G1 and do more things at the next pay-per-view and, and so on because of the star power that they both have, you know, and it keeps Roman Reigns, of course, in the title picture where he should be, in my opinion, as well. And I think here the story where Bray was tweeting at Seth and at Roman about being friends again. Do you remember that from like a couple months, like a month and a half ago now? He was tweeting at them, are we friends now? And then they didn't answer him. Right. They never responded. And he put out another tweet. I'm still waiting, basically, is what he was trying to say. Like, I haven't heard anything. 
So that already gives us a little bit of something to play with here in this final match. The promos that they could cut, especially Bray, as he's in his funhouse. Just like, you know, I sent them an apology. Uh-oh, I never received one back. You know, like in all these things that he could do. And then he just turns that face. And I think it could get really nasty. And, you know, for Roman, what I would like for him for his booking is he always seems to overcome the odds, right? And that's great. But when you do it for so many pay-per-views in a row, where's your challenge? Where's the hardship? Where's the struggle to build your character up, right? To build that story. I feel like this could be a great moment for him to take that loss while still, you know, coming out great because he won block A. He overcame the tournament to win, which is great. And it's a perfect WWE booking, by the way, you did, Paul. It's He should win block A. It just it feels that way. Yeah. Um, and if they were to do this for real, I'd, I'd feel the same thing. But for him, I think this would be a moment where he could lose and have it shake him a little bit to the point where he's like, damn. Like it was with Brock. I couldn't get the job done here. Maybe I should have gotten the job done here. What's what's up? And it gives him a little bit of time to like refresh that character. And this feud is um, kind of born with yeah. this different Bray and, and Roman coming out with, with a little bit of something else. Yeah. Well, Roman's a Superman, right? That he, sure. he, like like Cena before him, he, that's how he's booked. He's a Superman. And a Superman needs his kryptonite. He needs his he needs his mortal enemy. And, and because of what you've done here, Bray could be it. And like you say, it, you, Bray continues to get the better of him, and Roman can't Roman can't get the magic formula to beat him, and that could go on and on. Sure, and it could be really well booked. Um, and I, yeah, I think that might be the way to go for this. But what belt does Bray Wyatt challenge for? So let's pretend, right? We, we we're gonna pretend in our suspend our disbelief. We know we booked Kofi. I booked him in my block as the champion. We're gonna dis- suspend our disbelief that Seth is still the universal champion. So you have these two choices. What does Bray do? Well, I think Kofi's got his hands full because you know, like he lost to uh, he, he lost several times in your tournament. So he's got a few people yeah, who mm-hmm. are lined up for a title shot against him. You've said it yourself there, you, you know, Bray is going to feel affronted by Roman and Seth ignoring him. He's just beaten Roman. So the next obvious opponent is Seth. So I think he goes for the universal title. That could be very interesting, especially because Seth is on Raw and Roman it will be, you know, on is on SmackDown. But with this wild card, if they're going to cool it down, let's say, in the fall when SmackDown moves to a totally different day, I wonder if that could give Bray and Seth the independence to have those matches with maybe a sprinkling of Roman interference, but not every single time, right? Having them on two different shows gives us that possibility if they don't put them on every single wild card. Uh, to, to really give that story some life, but have Roman show up to cost him at, you know, hell in a cell or something. Yeah, right? I like and that. Give, give it like a like a real big time feel. Roman shows, cost spray the match and just kind of looks at him and gives him a little wave and leaves with Seth, right? And, mm. and then Bray can come back, oh, you're safe for now, but wait till WrestleMania. You know, they could really build that story, I think. Yeah. 
And then the other thing you've got there, and I by no means want to turn Becky Lynch into a dam- damsel in distress because <laughs> she she doesn't fit that role at all. But you could have Bray torment Becky Lynch a little, and, and and kind of tug on on Seth's last nerve a bit that way. Well, sure, it's not personal. not too much, but like I said, I I love the creepy guys in wrestling. I lo- I like the 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 horror film monsters. So like, yeah, I do too. I and I think he can use his funhouse friends, which I'm hoping turn into real people okay. at some point, right? Wouldn't you just love to see Nikki Cross as Abby the Witch? Yes. Or Eric Young as Mercy the Buzzard? These people that you can not, it doesn't have to be them, but just they become the funhouse. But Yeah. In real, it's like a faction like almost. I'm just thinking like with my that. new Japan brain. I can't, I can't turn it off, Paul. I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> to think <laughs> but this is the G1 after all. I have to have some sort of faction in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we've, 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 we've spent so much energy on WWE. We need, we, we need that new Japan to creep out of us a bit. I need it to creep out just a little bit. Yeah. To give us a faction being born and why it built his own little faction, and. Uh, I think they could go after everybody Seth cares about. Roman, Becky. You know, if they build Seth some other friendships, they can start attacking. You know, if he's cool with Triple H still, go after H. You know, there's things that you can do here that I think would be really special in that build. So. I love it. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be up to all of our listeners here to decide, but Paul, I want to thank you so very much for joining me to discuss this. What an awesome G1 with WWE superstars that we booked. I thank you so much for all your your dedication to to making this happen. Um, will you please tell the listeners where they can find you? Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I, I think we've proven that it, it can work. Uh, a WWE G1 climax could work. Let's let's see it happen. I'd love it. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm I'm at BrainCounter, um, or you can find me on uh, you can find me podcasting with the the wonderful Mags on um, Badlands podcast, where we meet up every week and we invite a guest and we come up with a Mount Rushmore of a particular wrestling theme. It's a lot of fun. It's a very positive show. You're not going to find us kind of bitching about stuff. It's all about celebrating four of the best things in wrestling at any given time. You can find us, like I said, at Brainbuster Radio. We're on a Thursday. Um, our twi- Twitter's at Badlands Pod. Magsy's at Dej Kirkby. I'm sure you will follow him already. Um, that's where you can find us. And obviously, I'm a member of uh, Five Nerds Go as well, which is a podcast with. A group of guys and again we meet weekly and just just have a laugh and a giggle and sometimes it's about wrestling and sometimes it's about video games and sometimes it's about whatever comes whatever the first thing is that comes to our head so you can find me there as well at five minutes ago oh, yeah, follow man. me get in touch and, and get involved absolutely please do listeners paul thank you so much again this was an enormous amount of fun <laughs> thank you i've i've had i've had a blast i i dread to think how many hours i've sunk into, plan, <laughs> into planning this i know same but it was totally worth it they're gonna love this episode <laughs> all right kids there's no questions this week and no gesture and crown of the week 
because of the holiday weekend, I just want to say I hope you all have a wonderful 4th of July if you're in the States. If you're not, I hope you have a wonderful week anyway, as we here in America will celebrate our nation's Independence Day. So I will see you next week. As always, my dears, enjoy the rest of your day, and please be kind to one another. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance.